Hello and welcome to the 365 Talk social media podcast and it's an exciting one because I am reunited with Lucy so we now have an extra person on the podcast. I'm so happy. <laughs> How have you enjoyed doing it on your own? It's not been the best I think. I think that podcasts really benefit from a back and forth and that conversation especially in social that there's no right or wrong way to do certain things and so I think that it really opens up the conversation but of course we didn't want to stop doing the podcast because it's really helpful sharing like insights into different trends and things like that especially as we didn't know when these lockdowns were ending you know we've had three yeah could we have had four five six we didn't know so I'm really pleased that we continue doing it but I'm also much more pleased that you're back and we can have a conversation and today what are we talking about Luce? Well so I actually had a conversation with a brand earlier this week about a, a decision that they had to make and I thought it was something that was really interesting to talk about on the podcast. So this brand approached me and said you know we're, we're setting up brand new Twitter accounts for a new brand. Shall we have separate accounts on Twitter, one for the brand, one for customer service, yeah. or do we have one brand that kind of covers everything? And I found it a very interesting topic because inherently a lot of brands that we actually work with, mm. when we start with them, they've already got their existing channels. Sometimes they have separate accounts on Twitter, sometimes they only have one, and we kind of inherit the accounts. Yeah. So it's actually the first time I've started working with a brand new brand and had to kind of give guidance on that situation. So I had a good chat with Jimmy, our ops manager here, about the pros and cons in each, and I thought we could have a chat about them today. Yeah, I think that it's quite interesting because on social in general, when we look at these bigger brands, is that there doesn't seem to be a preferred method. So no. it's gonna be really interesting because obviously from a community management perspective, that's where we come in. So we help people communicate and it's understanding, I guess, the sentiment of how people receive the customer service line or just a normal account, whether there is a significant difference. But when you look at big brands, some do it, some don't. And it's how they make that decision or why they make that decision that I think is really important. And for sure definitely worth like discussing and just I, hearing I, your opinion really yeah I mean for me when I kind of actually thought about it because I think it's something that people in social media you know especially me I didn't even really think about mm. but there is such a split you know there is not a, a real indication of what brands prefer for me I think my kind of reasoning was I think that brands separate them because they like to assign different departments to each account so, yeah. for example, the customer service account might sit with customer services. The brand account might sit with brand. Yeah. No, marketing. I think that, that makes sense, especially from an in-house perspective, is that, yeah, you're going to have someone that mans the phones, the emails, yeah. and then the social media. Mm -hmm. And I think also, personally, based on like what we've seen on social, that that makes sense because you can contain negativity away from like the public image. So if you're having conversations about a complaint or something, is it better to have that on a separate channel and so that your marketing and content can, I guess, flourish slightly because they dip in or whether actually having that full transparency is better? I think it actually having it separate causes more issues because mm. for me I know that when I've you know made a complaint on social and I normally use Twitter like a lot of people do if somebody has a customer service dedicated account I will literally jump on that account I'll look at the tweets and replies and I'll mm. see like how many complaints they're getting That's whereas true. when those complaints are put into the normal brand page 
they are disguised with all sorts of other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not really as visible of how many complaints a brand's getting. Yeah, and I guess as well from that perspective, you're then seeing if a brand has templated responses yeah. and things, it's very easy to identify that you are not being spoken to on a personal level. And I think that that could actually, yeah, I guess make people more angry if they've got a complaint that actually, or I can see that you've sent the same message to five people that have had the same problem. Like you're not making it bespoke and you're, I don't feel like you're understanding me in the same way. So yeah, I didn't actually think of that. So I think that's quite an interesting thought. Yeah, and I think another point that can be, is worth thinking about as well, is that even if you have these separate channels, you're still gonna get complaints come through Mm. in the brand page. Unless in your example that you mentioned to me before we started this, there isn't the option to DM the brand page. Yeah, so the, I was just chatting to Lucy about this before we started and I had a missing item from my H&M order. So I went to private message H&M directly because I, didn't want to put it on social like I would rather just you know private message them and let them know because it's not something I can necessarily you know report online it's a product was missing so I couldn't just return it so anyway I went to private message them but there's no option to private message their brand account Mm. and so that made me think well how else am I going to get in touch with them I'm going to have to put it publicly and so then when I put it publicly I was then contacted by their customer service team which makes sense now looking back because obviously they're there to pick those up but the thing that annoyed me in that process was that I was more than happy to deal with it privately I didn't want to put it publicly you know my Twitter doesn't focus on complaints or anything you know I'm very much happy to deal with something privately but that wasn't an option so I had to put it publicly and if that's my experience that could be the experience of so many other people and also H&M specifically I know ASOS have a customer care team but they have that in their bio so it will say like ASOS here to help and it's tagged so if you went to message and you realize you can't you're going to see their bio on Twitter and Mm. then you're probably going to click through but on H&M they didn't have that and so I wouldn't have known unless I put it publicly and it's can you basically deter people from putting complaints so publicly out there if you have that option to still private message and I think they've obviously turned that off purely for their customer service team and it probably follows that dynamic that you said that their customer service team sits within a department of customer service it's probably very evident that that's the case but it was just frustrating because I just wanted to message them yeah you know yeah, and I, I I think that was the big thing that I got from my, my conversation with Jimmy is that there's a, a two of our brands at 365 have separate Twitter accounts. And he said that, you know, from a, a management point of view, it makes no difference to manage mm. two accounts rather than one. However, the brand page still gets complaints. And the problem is, is that he has to, when they come through on the brand page, he has to direct them to the customer service account, yeah. which adds another step in that, kind of complaints process which I think and he said can cause frustration in customers because mm. they're like well why can't you just handle it yeah um which does which does make sense however the brand that I was speaking to that have the that asked me this question initially they are a brand new brand launching in the UK and they are putting a lot of emphasis on being a very customer service driven brand they want people to get really quick responses really personal everything organized um and you know the my contacts argument was if we have a dedicated channel does that make us appear that we're more customer service driven yeah which i guess the answer is yes yeah i mean i think personally 
it makes more sense from an operations point of view. Like you said, it's one less step. And if you're genuinely complaining about something that you are annoyed about, you want it to be as simple as possible. And I also think when you're replied to someone that's like a customer service team, it's almost like the brand doesn't care, I suppose. Yeah. And I think that could be perceived by people that just want them to respond. You know, if they've been a loyal customer and then something's suddenly gone wrong, you're happy to answer me when I have a positive question or I'm asking about something that, you know, could lead me to purchase something. But the moment I have a complaint, you're not there to help. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, we obviously have clients that do both and... I think it probably just makes sense to keep it in one kind of platform because like you say, it doesn't make any difference from a like time management. Yeah, time management point of view. But then what about positive comments? Does that that's all answered by the customer's service team as well? Yeah. So then if you're looking at it from a social content point of view, the more comments you get for example, you know, the greater the, the like reach, reach. and yeah, yeah, you know, right. from an organic perspective, if Twitter are perceiving your customer service team not as your account is that going to change the algorithm there yeah because if you're going back and forth on a tweet that pushes you up because people they're like oh you're having conversation with your audience that's obviously interesting to them and therefore they you know promote you a little bit more and you get more rewards from that from you know organic reach and impressions if it's another platform and i keep saying platform if it's another profile does it affect that? That's something that would be quite interesting. And that's, that's a really good thought because as well, you're taking even negative comments mm. are going to, and this sounds awful, but they are going to boost the performance of your post because yeah. there's more comments. And if you're splitting your interactions between two accounts, surely you're not going to perform. Yeah, that's good. what I was just thinking. Yeah. That surely that has an effect because, you know, that that could be seen as like a spam account. Yeah. Potentially, if you're commenting on everything or I just wonder how that would affect it. And that's obviously something that we can look into because I think that's just like a bit of food for thought, really. But um, yeah, I mean, I personally would say that having it in one account just would make sense based on I, that, really. I agree. And I think, you know, I one of the, the biggest brands that I work for here they get quite a large amount of negativity and quite a lot of their complaints come through on twitter and if they ever came to me and said let's set up a separate customer service account i'd say no because mm. it would just heighten and it would really show how many complaints they're getting yeah. whereas at the moment that is slightly disguised in the brand account where we've got good conversations going on about their campaigns and whatever. But maybe if you're a brand that doesn't have a huge amount of complaints, it could be a good thing. But then it's like, if you've not got a massive amount of complaints, what's the point of setting up the separate account? Yeah. Maybe your like customer service team should just manage the private messages as opposed to a separate platform. And that's what we do for a lot of our clients mm. here. So, you know, a lot of the clients we work with have customer service teams um, that use platforms like Zendesk where everything private on social comes through anyway. So, you know, for a number of my e-commerce clients, we manage everything public yeah. and then everything private is handled by customer service with the client. And that's a really good process that works well. Especially from a public point of view, if someone's got a complaint, you can just as easily direct them to private message as opposed to the separate account, which is still going to be public. Yeah. So it makes more sense to just ask them to private message with more details. And then they're already on, you know, they can just click on your name, they can go through, they can message you. And it's as simple as that. Um, I'm thinking as well, like perhaps for those larger brands, do you reckon that they do that to prevent spam and stuff in terms of in the messaging? Say like H&M, just because I use them as an example. Mm. 
I wonder if that was a conscious decision because they would get so many like bots in their, you know, private messages or something like yeah. that. That was a way to filter that. I think for me, I think I, from some of the brands I work with, some people don't even have a clue about their settings. Yeah, true. I remember <laughs> one of the big brands I worked with um, for ages, their Twitter DMs were closed. So you could only DM the account if the account followed you. Yeah. And this was going on for like, over two years and I remember the client turning to me about a few months ago and going why is this the thing why don't we just change the Twitter settings and I'm like yeah you're right and that's like awful to say like as working on behalf of an agency but you kind of settings are sometimes like something you just don't even think about yeah especially if you've like worked with an agency and then you're looking to change that or you know someone else set up the account so you could have had like a marketing manager or someone that has come to you set it all up, handed it back over to you and gone, there you go. You've got no idea what those settings are like. You don't know if they've turned off messages for a reason. And if you've not had that control or don't even think to go back, then you're not even going to think to change it, are you? But am I being stupid? Why would a brand not have their DMs open? Like, why, why have H&M chosen that you, literally nobody can DM them? I don't know. I don't get it. We have brands that are, have a much bigger following than H&M. And the private messages are like like quality messages that you're going to want to, yeah. you know, respond to. And there might be some that you don't and you can filter that and that's why you set up, you know, your guides and people like that. But we have bigger brands than that that have them open and it's just a channel for you to speak to the brand. Even if it's just an inquiry, it doesn't have to be a complaint. It could just be, where can I get X product or what stock is stocks this? And they'll just go to private message and you have some of the best conversations in private message as well because people feel like they have that even more personal connection to the brand because you're not just responding to everyone publicly, you're taking that time to respond specifically to them. I completely agree. I mean, I've started working with a sushi brand recently and their DMs are where our best conversations mm. happen. Arguably for them, Instagram's their best channel, so it's Instagram DMs. But we have such great conversations with the with their community in their DMs. I think it works well, especially on Instagram, when they post really good stuff on their stories and then people yeah. come through and we have good conversations or people tag them um, in their stories. But no, I completely, I just couldn't understand why DMs wouldn't be open. But then that's coming from me who didn't know that my client's DMs weren't <laughs> open for so long. Yeah, it's strange, especially on Twitter, because I think the way that Twitter's changed over the last couple of years really is that people have a complaint, they go straight to Twitter. 100%. You don't really put it on Instagram as much. Facebook maybe slightly, but Twitter is where people will go and slander a company. Yeah. And so to have your private messages off on that platform just seems really counterintuitive because you're encouraging people to like publicly put it out. Mm -hmm. But then if you can't, if you have, if you've seen a complaint by a brand and they've done something ethically wrong, for example, and you want clarity on something, instead of commenting, adding like fuel to the fire, you could just private message them and be like hey, is this the case? Or what's your stance on this, that or this? And you could get your answer very quickly in private message. Whereas if you can't DM them and something's going viral and you genuinely want an answer to a question, you're adding a comment to that, you know, that viral tweet that's making it give more momentum. Yeah. And it just, yeah, I think that it's a, it's a really interesting conversation. You can see why brands do consider it though, because yeah. from a, you know, like you say, an operations point of view, it makes sense to kind of split them. And... 
I guess if you're giving that to two separate people, it's like ownership. Yep. You know, you own that, you own that, and there's no cross lines. We work with clients that dip in, dip out, yep. manage this, manage that, and it's not that difficult to say, you operate it on this time, or we'll do private message, you do public, or mm. however you want to split that workload, it's just as easy to do on a like one platform as opposed to two. And yeah, I think that it's interesting to see when brands do choose to kind of split it because it the, it poses the question, why is that? And then if they're getting a huge amount of complaints that spurred that decision, it's so much more visible. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think this is like a very interesting just area to cover because I think when people talk about social media marketing and you know what social media managers or anyone that kind of works in this industry do on a day-to-day basis this is like a conversation I've had and probably spent about four hours on this week Mm. and it's such a small element and that's kind of gives context of like what social media managers do a week and I know it sounds excessive but you know it's important in this decision it's a big decision to make and it just kind of shows like the some of the things that we we look at and work on in a week that seems so small but is really important yeah no I think that's quite interesting and I also think that that would make quite a good podcast in terms of talking about different things that we do all the small little all the small little bits but I think when you look at getting a a job in social yeah it's probably not that type of conversation you're imagining having in no you're probably thinking what do we post on instagram or you know how do we make this picture look the best or you know very surface level stuff but when you actually get into the depths of you know we specialize in community management so it's quite a niche thing within the whole grounds of social but we know what we do and we do it really really well but even within this tiny little pool of social, it opens up so many questions and everyone does things so differently. That's why I'm so pleased that you're back because mm-hmm. then we can have these back and forths. And, you know, there's often things where someone will come up with an idea. One person on one edge of the table is like, that's fantastic. And another person on the edge is saying, that's terrible. This yeah. is why. And we'll have internal debates where, you know, we could discuss something like this or something a bit different. We all then have to decide on what is the best course of action because there isn't a right or wrong way, but it's how is the most efficient way from a customer point of view on social. And I think that, yeah, it's quite a, it's an interesting debate. And I think that, I think you'll start noticing now more brands, how they like handle their complaints online if they have a separate channel for it. Because Just don't, let's just never do a podcast about like automated chatbots because I will literally lose it. I think yesterday I was doing something on Royal Mail and I was (laughs) given an automated chatbot and it literally drove me mental. Yeah. I can't handle it. And that is a different topic for another day. And I don't know if I've actually done one on chatbots, but I just... I feel like there's actually not much to say. The podcast would just be, we don't like them. And yeah, it would be like a hate rally for chatbots. But yeah, no, I think that, but then again, some people will come to customer service and be like, what a great idea. Oh, I know. You know, and it's, you know, this could be so efficient from a time perspective. And it's like, you have no idea. But yeah, maybe we'll do a um, episode talking specifically about that. Why don't we do like chatbot horror stories? That's a good idea. Maybe we'll just message a load of brands and see how many of them we get chatbots. <laughs> I feel like ASOS has one. Yeah, I think they do, actually. I think that they do on Facebook. I think we're going to have to have a little look into I that. I think that's quite a good idea. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And we can rate, like, the best ones. Yeah, rate the responses, like it. Okay, well, keep keep your eyes peeled for that one, folks. (laughs) You don't want to miss that. But, um, yeah, that's kind of everything from today's episode. We hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. And obviously, join in with us on social too. Our socials are always linked in the description of the podcast, as is our email. So if there's any topics you'd like us to discuss, do let us know. But that's all from us this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye!